For those of you who are just joining in, this is Calvin, and you're listening to the Woke Radio Show. And I'm waiting right now for my guest. She should be in in just a moment. Her name is Janine Bernstein, and we're going to be talking to her about a few things, one of them being that she's a fellow talk show host. She has a show that's called Get the Funk Out. Don't don't get that twisted. I said the funk out <laughs> and it's broadcast every Monday. I'm thinking nine o'clock, but when she comes in, we'll be sure to make uh, it known to you what exact time that is. But get the funk out with the host Janine Bernstein. And it's on Mondays, I believe, at nine o'clock. So uh, matter of fact, she just came into the door and uh, we're going to get started as soon as she sits down and pulls that mic to her face. And <laughs> and, and we're going to hear a lot more than what I know, because I'm going to be interviewing her for the very first time. And uh, I'm excited about learning more about my fellow talk show host. And I'm sure you are as well. Janine, how you doing? Great. How are you? Thanks for your patience. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Since you're here, let me just read to you what I posted Okay. on our website and also on social media. And what it says is, join KUCI 88.9 FM's Awoke Radio Show host Calvin Gant on Wednesday, May 8th, 2019 from 5 to 6 p.m. as he confers with author and fellow talk show host Janine Bernstein and spends the second half meeting with the Civil Rights Activist Committee Chairman, Paulette P. Roby. Tune in and turn up as we hear two unique yet amalgamated versions of how life can be lived on our own terms. And Janine, that's what we're going to be talking about because I'm excited about, first thing I want to know, yes. get the funk out. What, <laughs> where does that come from? Because I got a lot of ways of looking at oh, that. I, I want to make sure. Uh, I, you I and everybody the, else. <laughs> The right way. Well, the, the, the real backstory is I lost a friend of mine in 2010. And okay. I was in this deep, dark funk, and I thought, how am I going to get out of this? How oh, am I going to get through this? Okay. And why is it some people can't get out of the funk and some people do? And mm -hmm. where do they find that strength? So I took some time off from KUCI, and I came up with the idea of the show. Oh, okay. Get the funk out. Mm-hmm. And as a way to heal myself right. and to also speak to others. And then I started seeing this theme and these conversations and everybody's been through something. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's amazing. That's truly amazing. Thank because you. it's it's so important as far as I'm concerned that we understand that everything happens to everybody. Whatever we're it going does. through, somebody else has experienced it or is experiencing it right at, right at the time that we are as you well. Bet. You know, you bet. And, and you have pretty much taken a look at that. And expanded mm. it through your show, you know, because yes. it, as you said, the world, you said something, uh, life's a roller coaster ride. It is. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's got it these ups is. and these downs. Yeah. It's like a movie. It's yeah. Like a plot yeah. twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and the stories that you, that you, uh, at least the, um, uh, guests that you have on the show, from what I understand, most of them have been through something and they've written about it. Is that the yes, case? Yes. Okay. And some of the, you know, it's so interesting is I, I love hearing about their projects, their books, their films, uh -huh. but I really like hearing who they are as a person yeah. and their backstory because let's say, for instance, uh, there's a writer, uh, Jill Santapolo. She's a New York Times bestselling writer mm -hmm. and she shared the backstory that she had a broken heart. Mm. And it was right around 9-11. She was a student at Columbia. Okay. And she took that uh, grief and that, that pain, and she 
became this incredible writer okay because of that mm-hmm. and i said you better call your boyfriend thank him your ex <laughs> you did me a favor thank yeah. you right yeah. absolutely. And, absolutely and that's how life is like uh-huh. you have to spin it and see okay i know i lost this person but what can i learn from the gift of knowing exactly. that person exactly yeah. exactly that's something because i believe that no matter who we interact with there's a lesson to be learned and there's a blessing right. in that lesson Right. You know what I mean? And so when we're, in, we're interviewing or just talking to someone that we just meet, you know, something is happening. Something is is being exchanged that both of us can benefit from. Yes. And so to have an opportunity like you and myself to interview people we've never met before in our lives and we can get an idea of who they are and what they're doing is is, is exceptional as far it's as I'm amazing. concerned. You know, yeah. I, I was asked, like, what is it about KUCI that mm-hmm. brings you back all the time? And I've been here since 2007. Is that right? Okay. I, have. I started as a um, music host. Okay. I did the show Moms Rock the House. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm um, glad I got you to laugh. Yeah. And, but the reason is, is because if you take an opportunity in life to grow and learn, mm-hmm. it can grow into anything. You okay. just don't know. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Tell me, let's 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 go and find out who Janine is. Give us a little idea of of you as a child (laughs) and looking into the future and making a decision on what you're going to do. Did you ever think that you would be in the position you're in now? Because if if I'm correct, if I read letters right, you have a doctorate in education. I do. Okay, (laughs) And that's some serious stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 our future pretty much, you know, is in the hands of people like yourself who are educating younger people as to what they have to face and what hopefully they'll be able to do in order to support it. So when did all this start? Beginning when you were a child, did you ever have any thoughts of doing radio or, or, or getting a doctorate in education or any of that? No. Um, you know what? When I was little, I okay. had a chance to go to Montessori, which is... Oh, did you? School. Yeah. And I think yeah. that really okay. shaped me in a okay. lot of ways. And I think that carried me through life to be able to go and make something creative out mm-hmm. of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a terrible student because I right? wasn't a good reader. My parents okay. were divorced. I didn't mm. really gravitate towards books. And I was always like... I grew up in Manhattan. Oh, and then yeah. Connecticut. So I just didn't read, didn't really do my homework, mm-hmm. would get into trouble, picked on, bullied, whatever. But um, as I, when I turned 16, I moved in with my dad. Okay. It was a very stormy time, long story short, but mm-hmm. I moved in with my dad. It mm-hmm. was the best thing, my dad and my stepmother, and I started reading and playing okay. sports more. Okay. And just being disciplined, mm-hmm. and and uh, I didn't have great self-esteem. And so working hard and getting and not being afraid to say to my teachers, I am totally lost. Okay, yeah. And so being, you know, understanding how I learned, because I mm-hmm. wasn't like a, I didn't, do well in tests, but if you gave me a project and say, research this pre- person and do this poster, okay, that was where I thrived. I got you. I got you. And so, no, my dad talked me into the doctorate because I lost my job uh-huh. in Boston, and he's like, now would be a good time. And he's always <laughs> nagging me. And I think because he never got one, he just felt like I could okay, do it. And okay. it was good. I called it mental boot camp. Mental boot camp. Okay, yeah. okay. That's a great way of looking at it. So with your with your you know, your education in the Montessori school and uh, understanding that children should be given an opportunity to make a decision on what they want to do, not have yeah. something placed before them and say, right. Here, you need to train so you can become this or become that. Correct. Okay, with that in mind and pursuing an education or a, a doctor's in education. 
what did you see in terms of the educational system here and something that might be added to it or taken from it? Or did you have any ideas of what you might do to make, you know, kind of enable a change for students that are trying to learn? I I, would I really strongly believe in Mm -hmm. because I was not a good student. um, And I learned this from a great teacher, a couple of them in high school is give them options. Don't just say, well, we're going to have a test and that's it. Because I know when I've been given options, do you want to do a um, a visual project or you want to study for a test? I'll Mm -hmm. choose the visual creative route (laughs) and I'll get an A in it. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. and even in graduate school, I was given that um, option and undergrad at Syracuse. And I say, but can I not do that test or those essays? Can I do a presentation? Mm-hmm. You know, and I did something like really creative. Right. Yeah. Right. That's serious. You know, and I hope a lot of students are, are, are listening because I think something that's happening in our educational system that needs to be corrected, that being that looking at the teacher from a hierarchical perspective, this is a person sitting in front of me at the big desk mm-hmm. and she knows everything and I have to listen to her. And if I ask a question, I'm going to sound stupid. So I don't want to embarrass myself in front of the class. Yeah. So I'm going to just keep quiet and try to do my best to do what she tells me to do or he tells yeah. me to do. How do you feel about that? That's a problem. And that yeah. was a problem for me for the longest time because mm-hmm. I just sit there and I was lost and I wouldn't say anything. And then the test would come back and it'd be like F. <laughs> D, right, D plus. Right. Um, D plus, huh? I, you know, <laughs> that was a high grade I, for you. I'm telling you. you uh, my grades at one point were so bad. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, in, I remember getting an F minus on a test. And F minus. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't Why know they made that. Why would a teacher do that, right? <laughs> I was so humiliated, and I bombed my SATs. Is that right? And I don't believe in SATs. I think That's good. they're an assessment of nothing. Like yes. they, I tell my kids, they, they're a prediction of nothing. Mm-hmm. You can do anything in this life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I've done a little, a little research and I think basically the tests that they receive in school are basically psychological testing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They want to know how well can you follow directions? How well can you do what you're told to do? So in the future, we can tell you what to do and you'll do it and we won't get any problem from you. And it's taken away our creative side you know what i'm saying which is really bad because when you think about it if i'm giving a presentation i've got to know my stuff Mm -hmm. and research that person and then people are going to ask me questions maybe the kids in class are going to ask me questions i better know my stuff that's right And if you know your stuff then it shows the teacher Mm -hmm. that's it that's it so um i know that you did not um from 2007 back that you weren't doing radio. So what were you doing? Do you did you get into the teaching arena or No. Okay. Um, well, I was raising my kids. Okay. And um I also was doing voiceover work. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. And in okay. Another lifetime. I was uh <laughs> an, an instructional designer. That's Okay, I know you're looking at me like what, what is, is that? that? <laughs> <laughs> um there's this field where it's they you study the theories of learning, how we learn. Okay. Which I probably gravitated towards because I was not a good learner. Mm-hmm. And I started taking classes as an undergrad at Syracuse and I okay. thought they were so fascinating and it was it was a whole gamut of like um where is the person now? Where do they want to be? And how are they going to get there to learn that? And what are the different ways they can learn? Maybe it's technology. Maybe it's a job aid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I got a job out of um, college designing bank training, which after a while mm-hmm. got kind of boring. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I started doing like game design for them. And I just thought, 
I just don't see myself doing this in the financial service. Mm-hmm. I needed more creative, mm-hmm. whatever. And you asked me earlier about radio. Growing up in New York, my best friend would be the radio. I mean, I would just listen. <laughs> okay. WPLJ, mm-hmm. um, all these rock stations. And, I, you know, you listen to DJs and you, like, try to call up. And when you do, right. you feel like you're talking to a rock star. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I never lost that interest. Okay. If, you know, 14, 13, I uh-huh. love the radio that's amazing because um i always wanted to be a star i wanted to be on the stage you know what i mean oh, wow. and, yeah, yeah <laughs> and cool. so yeah and so uh being in radio and i've, I've been here since 2011 mm-hmm. 2011 no 2014 no 2013 okay yeah so that's about what six years and um the thrills that i get just running my mouth on the radio you know it's just it's incredible i yeah. feel like a star for real you know what i mean yeah and 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 my intent is to give everybody an opportunity to be a star you know or right. to recognize that you are a star you know right. and and all we need yeah. is just a little opportunity to show what we have and to share with others what we have and get them to share something right. with us you know, you're doing something that I think is so important because I've been attempting to do it for now probably about 15 years. You're going to have a book coming out in June. I am. <laughs> is this your first book? This is my first book. Okay. Yeah, I okay. wanted to do this forever. I, when I was 15, I had a great writing teacher, and I always wrote little things, and then I just didn't do anything with all the writing. And I, over mm-hmm. the years, I would write stuff. It would just be, kind of be cathartic. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what, what, what happened that you said, you know what, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to finish this book, and I'm going to put it on the market. Well, I had another funk i i, I did <laughs> wow i did i lost my dad to stage oh, four cancer come on yep. oh man but how again, long ago was that that was um 2015 oh my god yeah. okay so again i was like i gotta use my toolkit my mm-hmm. inner like skill mm-hmm. set like how am i gonna get through this and, yeah. and i found myself um well i had to write his eulogy on the plane going to you wrote Florida. his eulogy yeah oh okay i wrote it on the plane mm-hmm. on the way to the funeral i okay. knew you know he was very sick but mm-hmm. he, from the time of the diagnosis from august to december it was grueling like mm. there was no options for my dad because he had heart disease too mm-hmm. so long story short i wrote this um eulogy and i'd hate public speaking do you? I do. Which So you can hide behind the mic. Is that what it is? You know or? what? This has made me more comfortable. Okay. Okay. Which I think is a, is important for young people mm-hmm. to get behind the mic. Okay. Because I took voice acting and some of it was very funny. Mm-hmm. And all of these different things help. So anyway, I wrote this and I um, submitted it to the New York Times when I got home. Mm. And because it, it has humor and, and they still have it online. It, okay. It's, like, it's called The Lives We Lost or The Lives We mm. Loved. So um, I, when I lost my dad, a wonderful thing happened. I uh, started writing more and more, and it was like a faucet was turned on. And I was thinking, what am I doing? I love writing. This could be something. And I realized that all the stories of people telling me that I had something here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, what, is the, what is the book about? Uh, the book features 24 of my show guests who run the gamut mm. in ages and experiences, mm-hmm. and uh, they share stories of going through ups and downs or providing advice about people they have known who've mm-hmm. gone through you know, major funks. 
and advice about how they move through things from, okay. from 9-11 to the loss of people mm-hmm. to facing cancer to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's that's important because I think it can be ongoing because you had more than 25 guests, I'm sure. Oh, and so yes. this is one book with 25 <laughs> of them. You've got a yeah. lot more books right. that you can write to, to, to share yeah. those stories with yeah. us. You know, I, I was I was thinking as you were talking about your father early on and that you went to stay with him when you were 16, I think. Yes. yes. And, and your life changed. Mm, yeah. And so um, when you were 16, I don't know how old you are now. And I'm not definitely not going to ask you. But from Thank the period, <laughs> <laughs> from the time you were 16 up until the time you lost your father. Yes. What was life like for you in that regard? It, your relationship with him? That's a really good question, because mm-hmm. um, there were years I didn't get to see him growing up. Right. Right. And, and um, he was really he had such a diverse personality, really funny, mm-hmm. really tough, mm-hmm. and also got me into the idea of there's actually a field of voiceover where people do crazy character yeah. voices. Okay. He, he was doing that Is on that, a plane okay, one time, okay. and I recorded him, and I thought he was hysterical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, and I found out later that he had a chance to go study theater in London, but he didn't do it. Oh my goodness, he was that good. He was he was that good. Yeah. That his teacher, I guess, got him a scholarship. Mm. He turned it down to play basketball. <laughs> so how did that work out for him? Well, (laughs) (laughs) something we're not going to discuss. Okay, like nine lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it was like I mean, it was a roller coaster ride for you and your dad and your relationship, but it was a fun ride, evidently. Yeah, you know what he um, he really helped build my self esteem Mm -hmm. because I was. I just, uh, coming from my mom, I didn't have strong self-esteem, okay. not a healthy self-esteem. And he took me in and I thought, and I write about this in my book, like, okay. was this going to be an act? Were they really this nice? Or was this just like weekend behavior? <laughs> right. And I was right. so nervous. And my mom uh-huh. used to say, your stepmother, um, she, you know, she was, a cheap, she's a cheap waitress. And I, I thought, <laughs> did she work at Howard Johnson's? I didn't see her when I was little. And I asked her one time and she's like, I never was a waitress. I'm like, oh, what, what did you do? For-? And I got this whole great conversation about uh-huh. all the great things. We're very close now, my stepmother. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And how's your mother doing? Oh, she passed away years ago. Oh, no kidding? Yeah, yeah, 94. It'll be 25 years. Oh, my God. Which is ironic, because 25 years ago, and the book's coming out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ain't that something? I know. Wow, wow. You know, and and the way you carry yourself, um, you you got it going on. You know, Thank you've you. never been through anything the way you look. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and, and 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 it's wonderful because of the fact that so many things happen to so many people. And when they see, I'm sure you're interviewing someone and they're looking at you and 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 feeling your, the essence of who you are. Yeah. You know, and understanding that I can I can open up to her. Because yeah. I even though she might not look like she's been through nothing, right? She's been through stuff. Yeah. I can tell by the way she's conversing with me that she understands Absolutely. what I'm going through and that's important yeah. Yeah. you know and so with it with that being said how do you feel uh in terms of what your role is in 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 hosting because it's not just about hosting people and get interviewing right. people it's something i think deeper than that and i think a lot it of is. us have gifts that we don't even know we have and thereby we don't know what to do with them but evidently you have this gift and you're using it so how do you feel as that's terms really of your question. role yeah um you know, I used to have people say, do you feel bad you're not using your doctorate? Um, <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. because cause I'm not formally going and teaching. Right, okay. Except eventually I probably would love to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that I use my background in qualitative research okay. in to look at the themes of what pops up in a conversation. Mm-hmm. So if you interview 12 people and they all talk about um, a pizza place, okay. a, a local pizza place, you're going to start inquiring to those people, what, what is it about that pizza place? <laughs> Forget their book. Because <laughs> 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 uh, you, So you look for interesting, at least I do, mm-hmm. themes in the conversation to get to know them as a person. And also, my, I feel like my job is to make them feel very comfortable. Because okay. they want to talk about what they work so hard in creating. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I always tell people, no curveballs for me. Okay. This is a conversation, not an interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, in, when, when you when you when you're done, I don't know how you feel, but I feel elated every time I do a show. Yeah. You know, how, you feel the same way. I do, especially after when I get messages from mm-hmm. different people, the mm-hmm. PR people or the or the actual person saying that was great. Okay. Thank you. That okay. was, you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. so nice that people take the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to me, too, because I have a kind of like a. In terms of education, I think that a lot of times we mistake training for education. Oh, yeah. And and whereas training is 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 good. I mean, you know, you have to learn how to do something if you're going to survive, if you're going to make some money that that, that mm-hmm. has to happen. Right. But I think it's much more important to be educated and not necessarily formally or academically you bet but to be educated in life and and yeah. how to deal with life you know right. what i mean yeah and so um when you look at what it is that you're doing and understanding that um my education is important and i can use it for sure mm-hmm. but right now the, the the education that I'm receiving and talking to other people, I think is going to carry me a lot further than this formal education Definitely. that I received. You know, and, <clears throat> and the irony in my show, too, is mm-hmm. I could be having a really tough day mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I get a package and it's... Um, how to deal with anxiety in a humorous way or, <laughs> yeah. or you know, or somebody lost somebody uh-huh. or, or, but, or a cookbook or something that is so spot on that, yeah. I, that I just need yeah. that day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I, I feel that the universe is in our favor. Oh yeah. There's things going on in the universe that we have no idea about. And there are things that are going to happen that we have no idea about. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is if we're doing what we were destined to do, you know, in terms of our lives and what we can contribute to the well-being of other human beings. If we're doing that, yeah. things are going to gravitate toward us without right. our knowledge, without our expectations or any of that. You, bet. you know, and, and, and that's what it sounds like is happening to you. You, you, you can be down in your lowest place mm-hmm. and then somebody will say something or you'll see something, you'll hear something yeah. and, and you're back in the race again. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I would just want to add to that, that mm-hmm. um, one of the things I talk about in my book is you can be going through a tough time but perhaps think about going out and volunteering and doing something mm, for other people yeah because you know your your problems might be kind of minuscule when you go out oh and, my god you know, yes and, yes and give you some perspective mm-hmm. and you never know as you said earlier someone might give you this advice yeah a total stranger yeah yeah and you might have a mind shift in that mm, absolutely you know? absolutely absolutely you know and by the same token you have no idea how many lives you've saved. And I mean that literally. 
you know, and and I'm not talking about a physical life. I'm talking about a spiritual life when people are at the lowest point and you said something that brought them up, you know, and and it's not necessarily someone you're talking directly to, but it might be a listener or somebody somewhere near you that hears what it is that you have to say. And they're uplifted as a result of it. You know what I mean? And that's that's so important. And that's why I love doing what I do. And it's it's so important because. There are million, billions of people in this world. You bet. You know what I mean? And yeah. if we can touch one person each day, yes. we're talking billions of people, right? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and when, and when you, and you, you, you have a doctorate in education, which you can do a lot with, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, if, if you yeah. so chose. Right. You know what I mean? And you seem to have an entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. at the very least, you know yeah. what I mean? So there's things that you can create. Yes. That will make a difference. You bet. But right now in your life, I think you're where you're supposed to be. Thank you. Yeah, Thank definitely. You. Definitely. Um, one of the things, because I do have kids and mm-hmm. I also had a t- tough time as a student, I talk about, um, you know, suggest- there's a chapter, uh, teens, tweens, and in-betweens. Mm. Because even college kids here, like, how do you deal with the stress? And, how do, right. you know, what do you do if you have conflict? and and there's so much stress and anxiety right now. With yeah, young oh, kids absolutely. And yeah, the phones they, and oh the, my God. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me just say that this is Calvin. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed to woke and experience and transformation. One thing I have to let you know is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this show and others, please log on to KUCI.org. If you guys are just tuning in, you missed a wonderful, Aww. wonderful <laughs> session with Janine. Janine, I told them at the onset, your show was Mondays at 9 o'clock. That's Am correct. I correct? Yes. Okay, get the funk out with yes. Janine Bernstein, 9 o'clock. Nine o'clock. You guys got to listen. Thank you you. got to listen. Janine, thank you for taking some My time pleasure. out to be here thank with you. us. And, and you, you, you keep coming back. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. You guys, I, I need to remind you, this is our 50th year on the air. And and we want to keep doing at least 50 more, but we're going to need some help. And we're having a fund drive and we're trying to raise fifty thousand dollars. That's a thousand dollars for each year we've been on the air and you guys can help. I need for you to call nine, nine, four, eight, two, four, nine, four, nine. That oh my goodness! Nine, nine, I nine. think I've been saying that dyslexically. No wonder the phone is ringing. Nine four nine. You say that for me, Janine. Nine four nine eight two four five eight two four. Okay, thank yeah. you so much. Somebody's getting money somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, okay. You know what I want to mention to yeah, your listeners? Yeah. Uh huh. If they donate $100, I believe they can sit in on yeah. your show or anybody else's show. That's, yeah, that's super that's cool. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. And 200 you can you can have your own show. Woo. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, real nice, yeah. real nice. Yep. All yep. right. Okay. Thank you again. Thank you. Okay, you guys. Um, again, you know, call 949 949- Eight two four five eight two four. Make a pledge. You can start with twenty five dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, two hundred, two thousand, as much as you can afford to do. And we so appreciate what you do that we're uh, going to have a token of that appreciation 
sent to you. We got T-shirts, we got mugs, we got all kind of stuff. As Janine already said, you know, you can have a show or you can be on a show sitting right in here in the studio joining us as we broadcast our shows. So just call in, pledge what it is that you can. There's someone waiting at the phone right now, and she's waiting to hear your your, your call and your donation. So call in 949-824-5824. Janine, thanks again, and I'll see you next time.